0: You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 51, The Problem with I-Statements. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hey there, Mama. How's it going? It's the last week of July, and it is hot in Florida. I recently got back from a trip to Colorado, where it was also quite hot in places like Denver and Boulder, but the mornings were so cool. And of course, up in the mountains, it was gorgeous. I had been to Boulder one other time for a conference on marriage counseling with Michelle Weiner Davis. She's also a social worker and wrote several books The Divorce Remedy and The Sex Starved Marriage. She also has a TED Talk called The Sex Starved Marriage. Anyway, it was great to be back in Colorado and see so much more of it. It was just beautiful. I don't get to see the mountains here in Florida, so I hope those of you who do get to see the mountains every day, you really appreciate how beautiful they are. Today's topic is the problem with I statements. For those of you who aren't familiar with I statements, they're a technique often recommended by counselors and therapists to help with communication. They're especially common in couples counseling, and I learned about I-statements either in social work school or from a self-help book. I'm not exactly sure. The concept of I-statements was developed in the 1960s by an American psychologist named Thomas Gordon. He became famous for teaching communication and problem-solving skills and later wrote several books based on his methods. The idea behind I-statements or I-messages is that when you're communicating with someone about a problem, instead of saying something like, you're being inconsiderate, or you never listened to me, which would be considered you statements that immediately put the other person on the defensive, you use an I-statement that focuses on how you feel. Because then, supposedly, You're taking responsibility for how you feel rather than blaming the other person for their behavior. And there's a formula for how to use I statements. There are four steps to the formula and it goes like this. You say, I feel blank when you blank because blank (laughs) and I would like you to blank. So it would sound something like I feel angry when you don't get ready on time in the morning because you're late for school, and I would like you to be ready on time from now on. That definitely sounds better than, you're always late, why can't you ever get ready on time? You make me so angry. For sure. But there are several problems with this formula and with how I statements actually sound when they're used. Usually, when asked to do just the first part of the formula, the I feel blank, People will say something like, I feel that you're being disrespectful and rude, or I feel like you never listened to me. Okay. Those are not feelings. Those are thoughts. And they're still you statements just with the words I feel in front of them. So that's problem number one. People will confuse feelings with thoughts and just say, I feel that you, when you say I feel, you need to follow it with an emotion. I feel angry. I feel disrespected. I feel unappreciated. The second problem is that the formula says, I feel blank when you blank. Think about why this is a problem. Think about everything I've taught you so far in this podcast. Where do your feelings come from? They don't come from other people's actions. They don't come from what Your kids say or do or don't say or don't do. All of your feelings come from your thoughts. So, right there, when you use this I statement formula, you're giving all your power away and saying that your child or whoever you're talking to is responsible for your feelings. And that's being in emotional childhood. Remember, emotional childhood is when you blame other people for how you feel, you blame your circumstances. And being in emotional childhood completely disempowers you because it means that the only way you can feel better is if the other person behaves differently, which is totally out of your control. This is also a pretty manipulative way to get your child to behave differently. You're telling him that he's responsible for your feelings and the only way for you to feel better is for him to change. That's how kids grow up to be people pleasers, and they don't learn how to take responsibility for their own feelings either. Breaking this cycle starts with you and modeling for your kids what it means to be in emotional adulthood. Of course, you can make requests, like in step four of the formula. You can say, I would like you to get ready on time from now on. I would like you to clean up after yourself. I would like you to listen to me the first time but you have zero control over whether or not they actually do. And your feelings are never caused by what they do anyway. They're always caused by your thoughts and your brain and what you're thinking about whatever they're saying or doing. That is within your control, and you do have power over that. Thank God, right? That means that you're never powerless over how you feel. You get to feel however you want. And that doesn't mean that you never feel angry or disrespected or unappreciated. It means that you're responsible for feeling that way, and so you have the power to change it if you want to. No one else has to change a thing for you to feel better. You with me? I talk all about emotional childhood and emotional adulthood in episode 36, so I'll link up to that in the show notes. The next problem with the I-statement formula is where it says, because. The because is supposed to be the effect or the result that the other person's behavior has on you. So in the example I gave earlier, I feel angry when you don't get ready on time in the morning because you're late for school. And the reason this is inaccurate is that your child's behavior creates your child's result, not yours. Your child not being ready on time creates his result of being late to school. Your behavior of yelling or not following through on a consequence or not establishing a morning routine creates your result. Again, all of this I statement formula is really just a you statement in disguise. It's still blaming the other person for your feelings and results and leaving you in a very powerless position. For a long time, I taught I statements to kids, but when I started using the self-coaching model, I recognized how disempowering the I statements were. They still blame the other person for making you feel a certain way, which is impossible. So you might be asking yourself, okay, so how do I communicate with my kids about a problem? And the answer is that you always want to coach yourself first. The problem isn't that your child isn't getting ready on time. The problem is that you think it's a problem. Your child being ready at 7.35 instead of 7.25 is neutral. It's not good or bad until you have a thought about it being good or bad. And let me tell you, there are plenty of kids who arrive 10, 20, 30 minutes late to school every day. Are there consequences at school? Maybe. Maybe not. If not, then it really doesn't matter when he's late. If there are consequences, that's a good thing for your child, but it doesn't have any effect on you unless you allow it to have an effect on you. So before you even think about talking to your child, I recommend you take a look at the thoughts that are causing your feelings. Really understand and question your thoughts. Why is it a problem for you when he's late? What are you making it mean about him or about you? What if it wasn't a problem at all when he's late? What if he didn't care? Answer all of those questions for yourself first. And then you want to get yourself to a place of love for your child instead of anger or frustration. Remind yourself that your child is having a problem, not being a problem. Instead of asking the question, why doesn't he get ready on time? And finding all the evidence to answer that. Ask, how can we leave the house at 725 without rushing around and without any drama? Let your brain get to work on answering that. Maybe he needs to wake up earlier. Maybe he needs to go to bed earlier. Maybe he needs to lay out his clothes the night before. You want to think of it like a math equation. This action plus this action equals this result. There's no drama when it comes to math. Sit down together with your child when you're feeling loving towards him and ask, what would help you to be ready at 725? What can you do differently? What can I do differently? What do you think should happen when you're not ready at 725? Get your child's input and try different things. He's learning. You're learning. This is all part of the process. Nothing has gone wrong. And if you don't want him to be late, you might choose to impose a consequence for being late but you'll do it from a place of love rather than from anger and taking it personally. You'll just be like, what a bummer that his behavior got him that consequence. That's when you know you're doing it right. When you discipline from love and compassion and empathy rather than reacting to negative emotions that you're creating for yourself. I'll link to episode 35, Consequences with Love, for more on that. One final thing I wanna say. You do wanna teach your kids that their behavior can have an impact on others. For example, your child running late can impact you if it means that then you'll be late for work or that he'll interrupt the teacher and the other students by walking in late to class. That's important, but there's a difference between teaching him that his behavior impacts others and teaching him that his behavior causes other people's feelings. You can tell him that when he's late, It's more likely that people will think and feel X, Y, and Z, or that people might find it harder to have positive thoughts and feelings about him. I hope you can see that distinction because it's really important. In my opinion, a better way to use an I statement is just to help you understand yourself better. And the formula would simply be, I feel blank when I think blank. I feel angry when I think that my child is rude. I feel upset when I think he should be ready on time. I feel hurt when I make his actions mean something personal about me. You don't need to say any of that to your child, but you can say it to yourself. Learning to take responsibility for your own feelings is the key to emotional adulthood. It's the key to creating the feelings you want to have in life and ultimately creating your results in life. I hope this was helpful. Feel free to leave me your questions or comments about this on today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash zero five one and sign up for your free mini session with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini. Talk to you next week. Bye Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.